Luke chapter number 2, verse number 10 is where we're going to begin. We're continuing in our series, Joy for the World. Luke chapter 2, verse number 10 says, And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For today in the city of David is born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, the Apostle Paul said, I'm glad in God, far happier than you would ever guess. I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I could make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Today I want to continue looking at the Apostle Paul's recipe for being happy in all circumstances. No matter what's going on in your life. And I don't know about you, that sounds better than a cookie recipe or a fruitcake recipe. And I love fruitcake, by the way. I want to know, how can I be happy? How can I be full of joy in any and every circumstance? And we're going to learn today from the mean green one. Mr. Grinch, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you speak to our hearts? Would you minister by your grace? We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, you may be seated. You know, the Bible speaks of its own Grinch-like figure who wanted to cancel the very first Christmas. And you've heard of him and you know his story. His name is Herod. He was the wheels-off, totally mad and maniacal ruler that was large and in charge at the time of Jesus' birth. He tried to trick the Magi, you remember the story, into telling him where this newfound king of the Jews would be born under the guise that he wanted to go and worship him too when in reality he just wanted to know where he was so he could kill him because he thought any new king could threaten his throne. When the Magi didn't return and he realized that he was deceived by them to make sure that he covered all of his bases, you know what he did. Matthew chapter 2 verse number 16 says that Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was very angry. And he sent forth and put a death, put to death all male children who were in Bethlehem and in all districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. He was a paranoid power maniac. He was so paranoid, history tells us, that he killed anybody who he thought might knock him off of the throne. And so he killed his wife. Some of you can understand that, by the way. And then he killed his mother-in-law. Some of you can really understand that. But then he killed his two kids. He killed anybody that came close to the throne. He was so paranoid that people were going to take his throne from him. And he was so void of joy in every single way. He was so void of joy and everybody hated him that matter of fact, when he knew his death was near, he ordered that at the exact time of his death, Christians all throughout the land would be killed so there was sure to be mourning at the time of his death because he knew nobody would mourn for him and that everybody would be happy about his death. We don't know why Herod hated Christmas. We can only surmise but I kind of think that he hated Christmas for a reason why the Grinch hated Christmas. And the reason why perhaps some of us don't have a lot of joy in our lives. The pain of our past. It's the first big takeaway from today's sermon. 
It's the number one way that the enemy tries to steal our joy. He holds us captive by the pain of our past. And if we don't deal with the pain of our past biblically and properly, that that pain can mark us and scar us for a long time and unfortunately turn us into a mean green Grinch. We all know that the human condition is marked by painful moments. They're unjust. They're unfair. They're undeserved. And sometimes... They're even self-imposed. Things that we ask for and things that we don't ask for. Some things that are explainable and some things that leave us bewildered and asking questions that really we'll never have the answers to. And these circumstances often become the impetus behind joylessness in people's life. Joylessness is very often, matter of fact, in most cases, the result of living with what one other prophet from some of the cartoons around Christmas time once said perfectly. Her name is Lucy. She's from Charlie Brown. You remember her? She's the one that would always drop the fly ball. And she was lining up for that fly ball. I mean, she had it, and it looked like she was going to catch it. At the very last minute, she dropped it again. She went into the pitcher's mound to talk to Charlie Brown, and she said, Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, I thought I had it. But at the very last moment, the past got in my eyes. Isn't that what happens to us? Isn't that the biggest culprit for why so many of us are joyless? We're going on in life and we think we've got beyond it. And we think we moved ahead. And we, we think we're going to smile again. And we, we think we're going to get over it. And all of a sudden, when we're ready to turn the corner, the past gets in our eyes again. And the enemy uses it to keep us captive. But I love what the Apostle Paul says. Remember what he says? He says, I've found, I've learned how to be quite content in whatever my circumstances are. I'm just as happy with little as I am with much, with much as I am with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. In other words, there's hope for joy again for everyone. Whatever your circumstances are, and the key to that hope is linking your hope not to circumstances, but to Jesus. And I want to just take a moment, and I want to declare over you, especially those of you that are carrying scars from your past, whether it's long ago, or whether it's the recent past, that there is joy in Jesus that's going to come over you. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. No matter what you've gone through, no matter how painful you your past, no matter how long ago it was, no matter how recent it is, that Jesus is going to give you your joy back. Christmas is about joy for the world. God wants to give it back to you. And I'm going to show you today the recipe for how to have joy. What is that recipe? Well, I want you to notice a few things. Maybe you remember somebody from the Grinch. Her name was Cindy Lou. Anybody remember Cindy Lou from the Grinch? She was the Whoville that wasn't like any of the other Who's. All the other Who's, Christmas was all about the presents and we got to get presents and more presents and more presents. And And by the way, I do love presents. You know, if you want to shop for me, size large, extra large shirt, 36 pants, 32 length, uh, 42 sport coat, maybe 44. Anyway, um, everybody loves presents. The, The Whovilles loved presents. And Cindy Lou, she said, there's got to be something more, something more 
to Christmas than just the presents. To her, it was about family. It was about love. It was about being together. It was about community. And um, in that community, there was this guy who was not a part of the community. He was the Grinch. And she first met the Grinch in the post office. And they didn't like each other very much when they first met. And he even saved her from the stamping machine. Well, from that moment, she set out to find out what the story behind the Grinch's joylessness is. And by the way, let me call a timeout, even in the notes. Sometimes when we run into somebody who's got no joy, how about finding out the story behind the joylessness? Here's what I found out about people. Nobody wants to be absent of joy. Everybody wants to have a smile on their face. Everybody wants to have a wonderful outlook on life. Everybody wants to believe that there's a better tomorrow, but some people have got some stories. Some people's got some past and some pains that are hurting them. And so Cindy Lou, she sets out to find out about the story of Mr. Grinch. And it's going to be Christmas. Everybody has written off Mr. Grinch. Everybody said, you know what? He, he, he shouldn't be a part of, of Christmas ever, ever, ever again. He's isolated on the top of Mount Crumpet. And Cindy Lou visits him on the top of Mount Crumpet to ask him to be a part of Christmas and to be the holiday Cheermeister. Maybe that's not the kind of stuff that we do to drown out pain, but a lot of people do all sorts of things to drown out pain, and we think, why in the world are they doing that? And what I love about Cindy Lou is what she represents. She represents, I think, the biggest ingredient for finding the recipe for outrageous, contagious joy, and it's God's grace. Because when everybody else forgot about him, When everybody else wrote him off, she went up to the top of Mount Crumpet to visit him in his pain. We all know Psalm 23, don't we? It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for he is with me. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Stop for just a moment before we read the last verse because this is life. In life we find ourselves as sheep needing a shepherd so many times. We find our souls so so tattered and bruised that they need restoration. We find ourselves facing shadows of death. Those are the painful moments of life. And we face many enemies, not the least of which, which is the enemy which tries to steal our joy. And sometimes we feel haunted by the painful past and all of the scars that we have to endure. But thank God for verse number six. I love verse number six. Have you ever read it? Verse number six is the promise to everybody who has been haunted by the scars and the pain of their past. It's the promise for those people that have been haunted that as you're being haunted, God is hunting you. God hunts the haunted. Did you know that? God hunts the haunted. Almost seems like a double haunt, doesn't it? You know what? God hunts the haunted. When you're being haunted by the pain of your past, God hunts you with the goodness of his grace. That when the enemy is coming after you with the scars and the pain of your past, that the God of heaven hunts you down with the promise of his grace. Listen to what it says. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You say, Pastor, I don't see the word grace in there. No, you do. Because grace is so good, you can't explain it in just one word. Grace is the combination of the goodness of God, the favor of God, when you don't deserve it, and mercy. 
the mercy of God, the withheld judgment when you do deserve it. And when you put the two of them together, you get the grace of God. But the Hebrew says it so much more powerfully than the English. In the Hebrew, it says, surely goodness and mercy, the ingredients of grace, will hunt me down all the days of my life. What is God saying? He's saying, as you're being haunted by the pain. See, God doesn't just leave us alone. God doesn't just give us over to our pain. God doesn't just say, go suffer alone. God, when we are being haunted by the pain of the past, hunts us down with the goodness of his grace. When the Grinch had given up on Christmas, when he tried to push beyond the pain of his past and didn't make it, when the pain caused him to quit on life, he went back up to Mount Crumpet all by himself. And Cindy Lou visited him on the top of that mountain. And here's what God told me to tell you this weekend. God told me to tell you that when your joy has been stolen by the pain of your past, no matter how long you've been in that situation or how recent, that God still visits Mount Crumpets. That God still goes up to us in our pain or down to us in our pain. I'm reminded of when he visited Elijah, when Elijah had given up on life. Elijah had given up because of Jezebel, but God visited him in the form of a still small voice. I'm reminded of when Moses gave up on life. By the way, all the greats had moments of giving up on life. Here's what I felt God just say to me. Listen, if you've given up, you're in good company. You can still be great because Elijah gave up and then came back and Moses gave up and then came back. God wants to visit you in your mountain and Moses gave up and he went to hit on the back of Mount Horeb and God visited him in a burning bush. And David was on the run for fear of his life from Saul and he hid in a cave called Adullam and God visited him in that cave in the form of his conscience. And then Paul and Silas, they were in a prison in an inner prison. Their feet were shackled, their hands were shackled. It looked like it was over. But God visited that prison in the form of an earthquake that broke their chains. Here's what God wants you to know. God still visits Mount Crumpets. You don't have to go through your pain alone. His grace His amazing, restoring, absolutely wonderful, beyond what we can ever decide to describe, grace is hunting us down. You're not in this thing alone. The ingredients for joy are not exclusively ours to mix in. One of the things that I'm so grateful for is how many of you know, you can't even bake cookies without help. You all know that, right? You can mix the ingredients, but if you don't have an oven that puts out heat, then cookies ain't going nowhere. And no baked cookies, sorry, not the same. The heat is the grace of God. It's the ingredient that we need in our life in order to give us that, that, that step forward to know that we can have joy again. But the second thing I love about Cindy Lou, she represents God's love. When everybody else had, had given up on the Grinch, she nominated him. She said, she said, you know, this holiday cheermeister thing, how about the Grinch? And I want you to look. You could preach a whole sermon on Cindy Lou. I nominate the Grinch, the one that nobody else thinks should be nominated. Isn't that God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise? Imagine when he announced to everybody, I nominate the Apostle Paul. 
I nominate the biggest enemy of the church to be the biggest proponent of the church. And everybody's going, seriously, God? I nominate Moses, the one who just knocked somebody off or murdered somebody who's hiding on the backside of a mountain. I nominate him to be the one that leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. God doesn't pick like we pick. God nominates us because God loves us. She's so representative of God's love, a childlike love. You know, Jesus spoke a lot about childlike faith. Matter of fact, one place in scripture, he said that we need to have the faith of a little child. And many theologians believe that he was referring to Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6. Here's what it says. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. That's not fun. The fatling. Who's a fatling in here? Anybody? No, just like the fatling together and a child shall lead them. Many people believe that when Jesus was talking about having the faith of a little child, he was talking about this particular verse, a child shall lead them. And what I think this is, without getting into the theological weeds, I think this is a prophecy about our Savior and also a symbolism of the love of God. Why? Because I believe that God wanted us to know that his love for us is childlike. So well, what, do you, what do you mean, Pastor? Childlike. Kids love everybody. I mean, they think everybody is redeemable. They think everybody can be fixed. They think everybody is lovable without regard to what they've done or who they are. They don't love based on uh, somebody's past or, or present. They just love. Their love is pure. It's unadulterated. It's untainted. It's unbiased. They'll love a Democrat. They'll love a Republican. They'll love a liberal. They'll love a conservative. If they're black, they'll love somebody white. If they're white, they'll love somebody black. If they're rich, they'll love somebody poor. If they're poor, they'll love somebody rich. Kids just love. And God is trying to tell us that his love is a lot like that childlike love. It moves beyond all the things that prevent us from loving one another and dealing with one another. And it just loves. And that love came for you and I despite our sin. Remember what the angel said to the shepherds? He said, I bring you good news of great joy which shall be for all people. For this day in the city of David has been born for you, not to you, but for you, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What does Savior mean? It means somebody who came to save us from our past. How many of you know everybody in this room, everybody watching at any location, anybody watching anywhere in the world right now, anybody in any place anywhere has a sin past? Every single one of us has a sin past. Some of us have a sin past that raises eyebrows. Some of us have a sin past that everybody considers normal. You know, it's amazing the things that we consider normal that are sins, right? Oh, they curse a little bit, big deal, you know? Ah, they drink a little bit, big deal. Ah, they smoke weed, big deal. Oh, they're shacking up together, big deal, right? Those are considered normal in our day and age, right? But everybody has a sin past. Some of our sin past raise people's eyebrows. Some of it's considered normal. Some people are being punished for their sin past. But no matter what kind of sin past we have, the truth is we all have a sin past because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And here's the thing. Jesus came to set us free from our sin past. And that's good news for all people. It's good news because what culminated at the cross, the place where grace and justice met, started in a manger where God became a man so that he could free us from our sin-filled past. And God has this amazing way of dealing with our past. 
Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your transgression from you. Micah chapter 7 verse 19, you will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot, hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. That means that God removes our past. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25 says, I even I am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers them no more. That that means God forgets our past. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and he took it out of the way nailing it to the cross. That means that God destroys the evidence of our sinful past. Pastor, what does this have to do with us being able to have joy, especially if we got to get beyond a hurt or a scar? Well, listen to me. If God doesn't remember your past, if God destroys the evidence of your past, if God wipes away your past, can't God help you get over what has happened in the past? If it maybe in your life it's a deep hurt, here's what I know. I know God can heal it. If it's a persistent problem, I know God can give you victory over it. And if it's your sin, God can wipe it away. Why? Because of his love. And Sandy Lou is like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where he's been. It doesn't matter why y'all hate him and why. Here's the thing about God. God believes that everybody is fixable. And here's the reason why he believes that everybody's fixable. Because the solution for sin is the greatest solution in all the world. The solution is a savior, Jesus Christ. And we need God's grace and God's love. Two essential ingredients. For us to have outrageous, contagious joy. Has anybody ever experienced love when you didn't deserve to be loved by a person? Anybody ever have a spouse who has has treated you with love when you didn't deserve it? A grandmother, a mother, a father, a friend, right? Does that make you feel good? You're like, I I just can't believe it. After the way I talk to them, they love me anyway. After what I said, after what I did, God's love. It makes you feel so good. It, it gives you incredible joy. But here's what I found out that even though God gives us these two amazing ingredients, grace and love, there's one other ingredient for outrageous, contagious joy that we've got to have, that we, we've got to do. This is our part if it's actually going to work. And that is the courage to choose happiness. Cindy Lou goes up to invite the Grinch to be the cheermaster, the meister. And, and he's got a decision on his mind. Check out what he goes through. We've got to choose joy in our lives. Sometimes it's difficult because sometimes choosing joy is scary. Sometimes like, if I'm going to choose joy, I really need to choose to, to move beyond that. Sometimes if I'm going to choose joy, I need to choose to forgive that. Sometimes if I'm going to have joy, I've got to choose to confront that. It can be really scary. And so it takes courage to choose happiness. Listen to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12. It says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Psalm 68, verse 3 says, But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 10, The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
From Scripture, we see that it's part of God's redemptive plan for us as his children to live a life with outrageous, contagious joy. But it takes courage to face your pain. It takes courage to choose joy. It takes courage to cry it out. There are people who who won't let the tears go because they know what the tears are going to produce is is something that they don't want. They don't want to move forward. And so they're going to hold them back. It takes courage to be vulnerable. It takes courage to let go. It takes courage to forgive. It takes courage to move forward. It takes courage. And it took courage for the Grinch, for him to say, you know, I'm going to go face all those people who did what they did to me, who are the cause in his mind of his joylessness. You see, in the natural, the way we approach joy is we link it to our circumstances. And so we, they say things like this, well, I'm happy because my marriage is going good. I'm happy because I got a rage at work. I'm happy because I lost 20 pounds. Nobody's going to be saying that in a few weeks, right? So I'm sad because I'm gaining so much weight for, for the holidays, right? I'm happy because this went good for me or that went good for me or this worked out for me or that worked out for me. And I'm happy, I'm happy because of all these circumstances. But remember what the apostle Paul said. He said, I found the recipe for how to be full of joy in any circumstances. And he said, I found it in the one who makes me who I am. In other words, he said, don't attach your joy to circumstances because circumstances are up one day and down the next. He said, attach your joy to Jesus. In other words, he's saying it is possible to have joy at all times. Broke but I have joy because I got Jesus. Nothing in my hands, got joy because I have Jesus. Stomach empty, got joy because I have Jesus. People are talking about me, got joy because I have Jesus. Got a bad report from the doctors, joy because I have Jesus. Life is unfair, joy because I have Jesus. Life is unjust, joy because I have Jesus. When things don't go the way I thought, joy because I have Jesus. Friends, it takes courage to make the decision to be full of joy, to overlook your circumstances or to look your circumstances in the face and say, my joy is not based upon you. I've got a joy that comes that this world didn't give and if it didn't give it to me, it can't take it away. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're watching. Maybe you have mistakenly believed that joyful people are just, you know, they've got a joyful gene or maybe joyful people... People are joyful because, you know, they get all the good breaks in life. And joyful people are joyful because, you know, they never have anything bad happen to them. Here's what I want you to know. That joyful people are not joyful because they don't have bad things happen to them. Because here's what I found out in life. If you live long enough, you have bad things happen to you. Life is full of bad things. But in the face of life being full of bad things, we can make this choice. And the choice is that we are not going to let the bad things win. We can choose to have courage and be joyful anyway. My wife's Aunt Terry has had a hard life. And I remember she was sitting down at the table with me one day. I'll never forget this. Hurricane Sandy had just hit Staten Island. She literally walked out of her home with water up to here and holding our dogs above her head. She was widowed not once but twice. She lost a 48-year-old daughter to cancer. Her second daughter is going through cancer right now. And I remember her sitting across the table. And here's what she said. She said, I know that, that God is doing something in my life. And I'm at peace with that. I, I, I can't explain that to you. 
You can't put that in some type of think tank and come out with that. But here's what I do know. She was choosing joy despite her circumstances. There's a young man. He's not that young anymore. His name is Nick Voldacek. He was born without any limbs. Nick says, I give glory to the Lord for how he has used my testimony to touch thousands of hearts around the world. I was born without limbs and doctors have no medical explanation for this birth defect. As you can imagine, I was faced with many challenges and obstacles. Nick went on to be a motivational speaker, especially to teens, has touched millions around the world, is most famous for his best-selling book, No Arms, No Legs, No Problems. Think about the courage that it takes to choose joy in the face of those circumstances. Here's what I know. If Nick can do it, and Aunt Terry could do it, and the Grinch could do it, can't you do it too? Can't you choose joy over any circumstance in life? Can't you choose to press beyond it? Listen, God loves you. God's grace is for you. But at the end of the day, you have to make a courageous decision. And I want to encourage you today to not let another day go by letting your past steal the joy of your present and the bright future that God has for you tomorrow. You can do it. God wants to give you joy. Can you say amen? Would you stand to your feet? When we choose joy in our lives, our heart gets bigger and it becomes the strength of our life. As the band comes, watch this last clip and then we'll close. Check it out. You know what's amazing when I listen to that? There's two things the Lord spoke to my heart. Number one, no one should be alone at Christmas. And you know what? God feels that way about you and Maybe you might not have family to gather with this year because of COVID or maybe just a select portion of family or maybe somebody who you love has, has died during this season and you might feel like you're alone. But God is speaking to your heart. God's with you. God wants to spend this Christmas with you in a special way. He wants you to open up your heart and let him come in. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never invited Christ into your heart. I want you to know that when you do, that becomes the source of your joy. And that joy becomes your strength in life. It's when you're able to do things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. This Christmas, don't do it all by yourself. This Christmas, do it with Jesus. And so before we leave, I want us to say a prayer together. If you're here today, if you're watching online or any one of our campuses, and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, today God God wants to come into your heart. God wants to give you a new heart. He wants to wipe the sin away. He wants to put his spirit on the inside of you. He wants to make you right with him. He wants to become the joy center of your life. With no one looking around, if you're here and you say, Pastor, you know, I don't know if I'm right with God. I really don't. I think I'm a pretty good person, but I don't know if I'm right with God. Listen, good is not what matters. Right with God is what matters. Today, if you don't have absolute If you're not absolutely sure that if you were to leave this earth, you'd spend eternity in heaven, you're here not just to hear a good message, not just to see movie clips. You're here because God wants to spend Christmas with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, and maybe there's more than one of you, just hold your hand up. Say, Pastor, I want to receive Christ today as my personal Savior. Is there anybody that's here like that? Maybe you're there watching online. Maybe you're at a campus. Maybe that's you. Say, Pastor, I need to receive Christ the Savior right there in your home, right there at one of our campuses. You can hold your hands up and surrender to the Lord. 
for the benefit of anybody who is making that decision that we can't even see right now. Let's all just pray this prayer together, especially you on the other side of that camera if you're praying that prayer. Everybody say this out loud. Heavenly Father, today I surrender my life. I ask you to forgive me. I repent of my sins. And I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, God wants you to know that heaven's your eternal home. But even while you're here on earth, he becomes the joy and the strength of your life. If you prayed that prayer, reach out. There's a little button. It says, I gave my life to Jesus. Click it, and uh, we'll contact you. If you're watching on a forum that doesn't have that little button, type Jesus in the chat. Our moderators will reach out to you. We care about you. We want to make sure that you walk uh, in your journey with the Lord in a strong way. And so we want to help resource you. That's why we ask you to do that.